Well, here we are. We're starting season two of Band Political Talk. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So uh, we're going to just try a few things. We might start some shows differently. We might go back to the old format of shows a little bit. We might have some guests on, but... Uh, at this point, like, we're just trying out a few new things. We just had a couple months break. We had an election. We have vaccines continuing to roll out. So we're not going to have much to talk about other than, like, you know, just everybody's having a good time, which is good. The things seem to be improving. But anyway, yeah, we're here to talk about some stuff, right? So, like, we were talking about vaccines continuing to roll out and then some interesting things started to happen so the cdc comes out and says they're going to release guidance mid last week on what vaccinated people can do in terms of behavioral changes and then dr scott gottlieb former head of the fda comes on C um, a program on cnbc where he pretty much says like the cdc needs to remember that like people have a lot of pandemic fatigue and they need to be realistic about the vaccines being an end to that and if you want to more people to get the vaccine, you shouldn't be saying, don't eat at restaurants, don't change your behavior, don't do anything. And then the CDC announced, after they said that they would release it that Thursday, they announced that they're going to release it, you know, to be determined they were still thinking about it. Then they come out with some conservative but pretty reasonable guidance. And I thought it was interesting that this is the first time since, what, May of 2020 that an official government agency who was not Donald Trump just talking, as he tended to do. Um, um, official government in capacity saying, this is where we recommend you can take the mask off. And that's really going to be important to, pe to people going forward. And I think it'll help with uh, more vaccines coming out. Well, and Bob, it's not just that it's guidance, right? I mean, I think you were right, really blown guidance. away. It's not law. No, 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 no. But, but I mean, it's not just that it's guidance. It's also the the less conservative guidance, right? I mean, for so right. long, it's been, if it's not, if you're not 99.99% safe, you shouldn't do it. And this right. seems to be a step away from that in a big way. Right. I believe, uh, so Matt Iglesias wrote an interesting article who left Fox recently, and um, I think he's over on Substack. And um, his article, I believe, was titled, and we'll, we'll get the actual title for you, Matt, and I'll say it if I have to, but the actual title, uh, so the, the title of this was Normal means ignoring the CDC, and it was kind of a clickbaity title, but the point of the article was that the CDC makes guidance that is very, very conservative all the time. In fact, they recommend that women of childbearing age shouldn't essentially not have a full glass of some wines mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. just in, in a whole night because on the off chance they might be pregnant. That's uh, presumably why that guidance is issued. <laughs> And it's just laughable. Not, in normal times when nobody's paying attention to the CDC, they're, you know, nobody really follows the guidance. Like, people go out and live their lives and they have fun. <laughs> they have a few glasses of wine, as everyone should. <laughs> yeah, and there was, a, there was a point early on in the pandemic where my dad was asking me, like, when will we know that it's safe again? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what is the point? Like, what, is it some statistic that has changed? Is it... Um, you know, everyone has just finally just sort of given up and gone back to normal. Um, what is it that's going to make people, people feel comfortable again? And I mean, it's different per person, but I think for a lot of people around me, it comes down to like, what's the government's messaging on this at the federal level among people who understand the policy and understands the way that the disease moves. So 
I think this is a big step in the right direction for those people wanting to feel like they could start loosening up a little bit. And Matt, I'm, you know, you talk about like, hey, when are people, when are people going to know when we can go back to normal? For me, it's, I was so happy to hear about the CDC guidance because actually a couple, like a day before it came out, I went with my father to visit my great aunt uh, about an hour north of the city. And, you know, part of what sort of made me feel comfortable doing it was because my father, my two cousins and my great aunt were mm-hmm. all vaccinated. And I sort of in my head was like, if we're all masked, how, how is this not safe? Right. Like, right. At a certain mm-hmm. at a certain point. And so, you know, it's really great to see that, you know, the CDC is acknowledging that because I think that's what's caused a big sort of the, the backlash. And I know there was politi- politicalization is a big factor, but I think a lot of people just realized, hey, wait a minute. Why, why does something apply, the same guidance that applies to somebody in New York City in the middle of a super spreading right. event, why does that apply to somebody living in rural Georgia? And, you know, when you tell somebody, no, you're wrong, you need to treat, everybody needs to follow the same guidance. Right. I mean, this is why people get, this is why conservatives exist, right? Because they get mad right. at this type of behavior from the federal government. Why, right. why were we surprised that there was such a backlash? <laughs> so I think coming around and sort of getting more in line with the common sense and people's intuition is going to be a big driver of compliance and, and positive change. I agree. There are just people are so excited. And it, now, like I have members of my family who I've talked to who are like, oh, you know, you know, CDC guidance and like, yeah, you can go see other vaccinated people without a mask and and keep keep the gathering small for now. They still recommend that you don't travel, which is going to be ignored if they don't update it. But in the language, they indicated that it would update with the changing situation. So I hope, I really hope this is the beginnings of um, these federal agencies to become a bit more nimble in their response to something like a pandemic where sometimes you just can't wait for all the science to come back before making policy and, and yeah. or guidance in this case. But that's, you know, it's better to have this, in my opinion, and fearing that people might go a little bit over the edges with the guidance once they're vaccinated than having something that people are going to ignore, continue laughing at the CDC, and um, then just go about their lives with no guidance, really. This was a a good balance, in my opinion. Still conservative, but as far as the CDC's concerned, this is putting money on a single number in roulette. Yeah, so so uh, I want to I want to throw this out there, and I know I know this is a little wild, but hear me out, right? So we acknowledge that the CDC early on in the guidance was really conservative and and didn't necessarily affect all Americans the same way. Mm-hmm. Is there an argument to say that Trump, when he came out in the spring and said a lot of the things he said, was sort of a Trump way of trying to say, "Hey guys, look, you know, let's it's it doesn't apply to everyone else," and it kind of got misconstrued, or he was just such a mm-hmm. poor communicator that it snowballed into the the sort of the 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 blue versus red politicalization that that happened. I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. I'll give you my take on this, Albert. Um, I think that Trump is just. He has one way that that worked for him and almost worked for him a second time if things had gone a little bit differently in a few states. Um, So he had one thing that worked for him, and that was his bombastic approach, you know, 
blow up a bunch of things in my wake, even if some of them are my allies with my rhetoric, and I'll really excite my base that way, and then they're all going to show up and vote for me. Um, this, I think in this case, you know, he was going along with that line, and that really wasn't a good political line. Once you move into national crisis mode, you need to become a uniter. And that's where, why I think, you know, really bad that we happen to have Trump with this particular crisis and especially one that was going to be ongoing, not like something that is really only going to last like a month in the immediate term, like we have with nine 11, like lasting things. But anyway, um, I don't think that, that, that I think Trump like in a way, like he wanted it to be decentralized, but he was a horrible communicator because he said, um, okay, uh, yeah, well, why do you want us to be involved in testing? You know, we're the federal government. You know, states, they just, we're the federal government. And it's it was that lack of response other and not the, the critical marketing, which is like, hey, these regions, these different regions should have different policy. And I think that that really cost us here, the fact that different regions didn't have different policy in the very beginning, for the most mm -hmm. part. Yeah, I I think that he went about it very differently, but I think uh, very incorrectly. But I think he did touch on a chord with some truth to it, right? That mm. there are times when the federal government needs to be involved, and there are times where it doesn't need to be involved, and it needs to be careful about what that involvement looks like. Mm -hmm. Like I think proper involvement by the federal government is like figuring out how this virus operates, provide the materials for states to make the decisions they need to make and make them as effectively as they can and coordinate between states as necessary. Like, I don't know if the purpose of the federal government should be to give a blanket regulation. Mm -hmm. like, that, does, that part doesn't make sense to me because so many states end up handling it, needing to handle it in different ways. Like, Idaho did not need the same sort of regulations that New York City had on it. Mm -hmm. So I, I understand, like, where he was coming from to a certain extent, but, like, he didn't go about it properly, clearly. Like, he went about it the way he always does, just barreling in, causing havoc every which way, trying to create as political of an environment as possible, which is exactly not what we needed in that situation. So, so you're saying uh, Donald Trump doesn't do nuance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck? Yeah, weird, huh? I, one, one, one thing I wondered, I think we still need a bit more time, right? Because obviously... We, we've lived this, but, you know, look, everybody, all the liberals love Trudeau in Canada. Canada got whacked. Everybody was like, yes. Merkel's so amazing. Germany got crushed this fall. I mean, mm -hmm. how, you know, I, I like, I think a lot of progressives and Democrats, potentially maybe myself included, would love to think, oh, President Clinton would have handled this much differently and we never would have had this situation. Uh, I, I, I do, I do wonder how, how much of this was within government. I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think, I think yeah, the jury's how, still out yeah. there. How, how much of it is cultural? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. we saw in the beginning where, you know, if you were an anti-masker or like you dined indoors, like the first day they opened indoor dining, um, you know, that's like, oh my God, you're QAnon, on you're, you're douchebag you should you're killing grandma and now now you know it's pretty common even before the vaccine was rolling out just to drive around in the middle of december and see applebee's just packed with cars you know and it's just like you know people people are decided that they were done for better or for worse to, mm -hmm. to in varying degrees putting themselves in high-risk situations to get it themselves and spread it to others and 
we have to ask ourselves a question about human behavior and particularly American culture that runs across party lines and ask ourselves, like, how much of this is cultural? We have statistical anomalies, both in the Southern Hemisphere that I'm aware of, Australia and New Zealand. New Zealand's obvious they're playing on easy mode and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the population rallied behind, behind the president. But then in... In, in Australia, you have a very open society. It, it hit outside of their flu season, Southern Hemisphere, weird Southern Hemisphere stuff. Who knows? But outside of those statistical anomalies, the, the northern countries that you mentioned, Albert, the northern progressive, northern hemisphere countries where the virus started in the middle of last flu season, got those high initial numbers and then took off again in the winter. Yeah, we have to we have to ask, like, how much of this is preventable and what were the differences? And I, I think that one aspect of it is individualistic, individualistic societies versus very like order based um, societies where community is mm. everything. Like I've heard that especially in like uh, East Asia, it hasn't been that damaging. Mm. Um, I know China clearly hasn't had that big of an issue. Um, South Korea, I think is still doing pretty well. Japan, I think, is is sort of the the opposite in that. Like they've they've been hit pretty hard. Um, so maybe there's something to that, maybe there's not. But there's definitely a cultural aspect to this, like how people handle the the government regulations, like how they view governments. I think in parts of the world it's seen as like the device that brings order, um, and is seen as a very important, powerful parent entity, like the, the mm -hmm. father to the child. Whereas in America, yes. it's seen as, like, an antagonistic. It's not America. <laughs> yeah, no. No, we do not see our government as the father to us, the children. Right. Yeah, I mean, even people people on the left in America, um, most people um, wouldn't say that they would hold that view in the slightest. <laughs> All right, and, and it's interesting you brought up the point, Matt, about sort of, like, government and its role and potentially being over overbearing or underbearing. Because, you know, Bob, before the podcast... Uh, and before the CDC guidance came out, you know, we were talking about and you were saying, hey, you know, you're worried. Is Biden going to be able to play the recovery well? Yes. Uh, politically. Right. You know, you've got all that. You, you said it. The American people are done with covid, regardless of what the stats are or like the, the mm -hmm. facts. American people are done. You know, there's you were worried that maybe Biden would run things too conservatively, too slow. Does the CDC guidance change that in your opinion, or do you still think that's something he may bungle? Wow, what a great question. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> so, yes, it does change my opinion. Um, a bit. Um, let, let, me, let me say this. While I said the guidance, I think I've said it before on the show, it is still on the conservative side. It is definitely much less conservative uh, than, than I expected it to be coming from the CDC. And it does change my mind a little. And there was even discussion that the Biden administration was discussing some things with the CDC, which is why they asked them to delay. And that was all speculation. And the White House said that didn't happen. So like all speculation here. But I would think that somebody's probably like discussing among the teams, like the winds are changing. We got to you know, think about how we take this one and what's best for people. So, like, I do, th I do see that starting to happen, and I'm happy. It it does mm -hmm. make me a little bit more optimistic that 
um, things will get a little bit more upbeat. People will be encouraged to gather with their friends a bit more as they keep rolling out those vaccines. Yeah, what's your take, Matt? Yeah, well, I was, I was thinking, oh, that's pretty odd. If the Biden administration is involved with this, why isn't his name all over it? And I think that's lingering from the past administration. <laughs> absolutely, because, absolutely. Because right, like with the Biden administration, with with many presidencies, the way this would go is they would say, well, we need it to go this way, but we don't want this to look politicized. Mm -hmm. We need people to look at this, no matter where they stand on the political spectrum, and try to take this as just an impartial fact. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the Trump administration would have hopped on that and said, we want my name all over this because mm -hmm. I'm the one who did this. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, that's what's going on here. Like, if there was oh, yeah. discussion if, between them, which there almost certainly was. Yeah, if Trump won again, I wouldn't think the vaccine distribution would change much, to be honest. Um, and then he would just be out there like, I'd like to thank my great partners. I'd like to thank people who work for President Trump, the great state of Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis back there. You know, so. so 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 true, so true. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I watch his press conferences, like all of them in the early days of COVID, or, or listened to them when I was out exercising, and he was just like going down a list of companies to thank. I'm just like, Jesus Christ! Great state of Florida. And, 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 and so, so while Bob, I I think that I probably you know, there's there's sort of a political maxim, right, that presidents get too much credit for economies. Yes both good and bad. I mm -hmm. do think that for the most part, uh, vaccine production probably would have been somewhere in the same neighborhood. Maybe it's a yeah. little better with Biden, but you know, it's all trending mm. in, in the right direction. I promised my wife I would only talk about the stimulus on this show once, but <laughs> there is no way that Trump would be passing a $1.9 trillion with a T dollar stimulus package yes, right agree. after he got his second agree. term. That is going to be something like in terms of like a differentiator between if yep. you had a Biden presidency and a Trump presidency. And that's a lot of money coming behind a lot of pent up demand coming behind mm -hmm. just everything sort of feeling like it's trending in the right direction. I, I, I never want to jinx anything, but like I feel like this is really Biden's to f up. I mean, he is really making the key the key moves, and as long as he mm -hmm. basically like opens up, he follows the thermometer as it gets warmer. <laughs> he open up more, and you have mm -hmm. vaccines that are going up, and then by like June, you say, hey, you know, go at it. I, I, I think, and then it's a. <laughs> It's it's go at it. Yeah. All right. Poor, oh yeah. Terms, but yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> oh no, no, not at all. There were there were some there were some interesting parties uh, back in uh, after the last pandemic. If you look back, like the twenties were roaring for a reason, guys. Uh, there we go. The roaring twenty twenties. Sounds good. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, and I understand that sentiment at a at a deep level. Yeah. Albert, why why did your wife? Make you promise to only talk about the stimulus package once? Oh, just just because she's saying that that. <laughs> I think it's because it's like it's sort of such a foregone conclusion. It's not interesting, and I think it's got this. It has this inevitability, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's also something you know that's interesting about itself, right? I mean, it's amazing that we can be like, oh yeah, there's that 1.9 trillion dollar liberal wish list that's being passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's not even talk about that. But it's mm -hmm. like, whoa, take take a step back, like. I, I think there's some stuff that's still being unpacked where if each individual headline, you really looked at it, you'd be like, holy cow. You know, and Matt, mm -hmm. we talked about like, well, what does a Democratic Senate majority really get you? This is what a Democratic Senate majority really gets you. I think mm -hmm. this is all coming together. And then does that make it a lot easier for Biden potentially going into a midterm 
potentially with some wind at his back to say, hey, you like this? You want more of this? You know who to mm-hmm. vote for. It's still too early, but it's, you know, it's it's something we have to talk about. Yeah, I don't think we can get a lot more than this. Like, this is awesome. This 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 package is great. Like, I've, I've looked through the list. There's a lot of wonderful stuff they're doing, including, like, helping out public schools, helping out pensions that are in deep danger right now, giving out money to... Yes, I love, I love making money in my tax-free municipal bond fund, so thank you, government, for making me richer. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> but, like, these are some of these... <laughs> These are some of these unintended consequences. I'm not rich by any means, listeners. I, I want our listeners to yeah. <laughs> I want our listeners to know that Bob has a very modest cat house toy behind him. Like yes, if, I do. He does definitely. He's definitely not spending money on a gilded cat cat toy. You know, no, do you have a mortgage not gilded. Thing? Yes, I do. Um, uh, he's a man of the people, okay. is what I'm trying to say. Yes, I am. I, I have to anyway. Yes, um, but yeah, no, that's the thing though. Like. You have stimulus like that, and this doesn't get talked about quite a bit. Like, if you bail out these, you know, low-risk, tax-free um, <laughs> funds uh, that investors are investing in and getting tax-free dividends every month, um, who do you think that's benefiting? So, like, we have to talk about some of the incentives here when we talk about banks being too big to fail or, like, you know, the Fed reacting to a market crisis. The holders of these assets are predominantly very wealthy. Yeah, people like us own them in our 401k, but not nearly the amount of assets that Mm -hmm. the very rich do. And that's one thing that I think that progressives get right is pointing out that wealth is uh, unfairly dispersed like that. But it becomes even more potentially unfair, you know, in their view, if, you know, wealth is unfair and we have to do something about it, if you're going to bail out these pension funds to to a degree. And it's presumed that the Fed responds now as the status quo when stock markets start tanking. No, I think I think you're right, Bob. And there's there's a lot there. I mean, if you look at like the the deepest, um, you know, white male unemployment rate. I think it's something like somewhere between five and eight percent compared to Hispanic female unemployment mm-hmm. rate that was down to like over twenty percent. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the way that the way that this economic crisis has and this sort of health crisis has hit different different groups, different incomes. I, I wonder how much of that is going to linger, and is there going to be an appetite to try to treat that? Is that something Biden's going to roll with, or is it going to be mm-hmm. sort of trying to roll a hey, declare victory? everything's better for a lot of people but not not everybody I just think it's going to be really hard to get much through the Senate that's not via reconciliation and it seems like reconciliation based stuff is pretty um, I don't know it's it's pretty restricted well I guess at the same time like there's a lot of different stuff in this bill that they managed to get through reconciliation yeah Yeah. I mean any you can you can do a lot via spending money and changing the tax code. So like yes. a big thing a big thing that Biden has coming up that he wants to do is the giant infrastructure spending plan that that Trump was never able to to do. Oh wow. Is that something that he might be able to 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 pull off? I mean there's there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of things and and how many big legislative victories does he need, right? That's that's another question. Like at a certain point <laughs> you, you you have enough and you run with that and the economy sort of takes care of it for your for yourself. I think what hurt Obama back in 08, 09 and going into the, the 2010 midterms where he got, you know, destroyed was that the economy didn't recover fast enough. So I think it's the it's the slope of this recovery that's going to have a huge, huge impact on whether and that slope determining that slope is how much money gets poured in. 
I really thought you were going to do y2 minus y1 over... <laughs> Can we? y equals mx plus b derivatives? Can we just take this into a lesson on differential calculus? That's right. Yes, let's let's, let's scare it. off all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when we take the second derivative of the so cosine function... <laughs> yeah, let's do it. But, no. but maybe, maybe, maybe speaking of... Uh, Devoted listeners, right? I know a lot. Of, some of our listeners have been with us from from the beginning, right? And I think you know us on this oh, podcast have have, have come a, a long way. But like you know, I think you guys have taught have listened in on our first podcast a little bit. Like, what was that like? What did we get right? What did we you know? What were, where were we off? <laughs> I would like to start by saying I really nailed it when I commented on how there didn't seem to be much evidence whatsoever on transmission via surfaces. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and I, I think, I mean, I think you pointed out before on the show, Albert, like it's cost a lot of money to disinfect things all the time. Yeah. Bob, you were talking at one yeah. point on the first show about uh, the MBTA disinfecting all buses every night. Or yeah. Something. And in the first show, I also acknowledged that that wasn't the primary mode of spreading. But at the time, we also didn't know how secondary that mode was. So I didn't hear that part, Matt, but kudos to you if you thought it wasn't like a big deal because turns out it wasn't. Uh, it seems anyway. And I think like, yeah. you know, you go based on other viruses and like you think about it, like the flu has evolved with humans for 40,000 years. It doesn't surprise me that like it figured out how to attach onto the hand at some point, like, you know, and then this is a bat virus that showed up a couple of years ago. So it's. Yeah. Well, I, I went into a micro center the other day. For those who don't know, it's like a large, uh, large company that has a lot of different like technical stuff. You can buy like microphones, speakers, whatever, computers, uh, laptops. I went in there the other day and the, upon walking in, they had a guy just standing there, like, squirting disinfectant onto everyone's hands. And the place was absolutely packed. Like, it was just, it was totally yeah, packed. Yeah, that's, that's just like, pandemic theater not, at that point. <laughs> this is not at all how this is gonna, like, yeah. this is not gonna save any of us. The problem is how many people are in here. Yeah. But, yeah. So, like, that. that's that's one of my comments about the, the first show. Sure. I'm pretty proud of that prediction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I estimated, uh, I underestimated that people would like actually come together for this for as mm. long as it took. Um, that did not happen. And <laughs> um, the other thing I sort of underestimated, I think, I think I'm going to turn out to be wrong about mass transit. I think people are going to get back to that in a year or two. Nobody's going to be thinking about COVID three, four, five years after it's, you know, whatever that magical day is where like, there's no more restrictions anymore. Like, couple of years after that, nobody's going to give a crap. Like, I think public transit so you're anticipating numbers are going gonna... variants. You're anticipating the variants aren't going to end up playing much of a role going Yeah, so I'm anticipating that most of the variants are going to be not really reduce um, the effectiveness of the vaccine very much or cause more severe disease because most variants tend to not do that and we're rapidly decreasing the amount of virus in the community right now both with seasonality and the vaccine rollout so you have a lot less opportunity for new variants to emerge and honestly i'm not surprised we detected new variants in december the entire west northwestern world was just running rampant with covid uh -huh. Uh -huh. so like the chance of an escape variant now like yeah you'll have selection pressure with the vaccine it could happen but i don't think it will 
I sure, I sure, I sure hope you're right, Bob. I mean, I, <laughs> I really enjoyed listening to that podcast, uh, a first podcast more than I thought I would. Um, and yeah, I was definitely Matt wrong on the whole surface transmission. And, and just for, for our listeners that don't recall, we, we recorded this at the end of May, 2020, right? So we had been in it a little bit, but we still were on the end of things. May. Really? I thought yeah, it was it, that. Out. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and what I, what I sort of like, I, I definitely feel I was like, yeah, right on, Albert, talking about how, you know, it wasn't going to be a five to 10 year adjustment. I thought people were going to sort of adjust to the new normal a bit faster. But in it was just I could tell in my own psychology just how I was still unpacking things and couldn't move five or six steps down the line. Right. So like it was very easy to tell, like, wait, well, how would I feel taking a mass transit versus, you know, an Uber or how would I handle something like that? Like that was very comfortable for me. But things that like I, I did not predict were many steps down the line. Right. For example, mm-hmm. there's been a spike in hate crimes against Asian people. Wow, I didn't see that coming. But in retrospect, it makes total sense, right? When you have how things were politicized, you know, with with the origin in in China. And that's that's terrible and is is something we we all need to push back against and and raise awareness on. Also, on a on a slightly lighter side is all this stuff that happens when people are bored, silly and have money, right? Games, you know, GameStop and all this, all this, you know, all this crazy (laughs) stuff that like... You know, I guess if you really thought like, you know, it's almost like dominoes falling one after another. Oh, yeah, I guess this would lead to that would lead to that would lead to that. And yeah. but like at the time, I just couldn't could not comprehend it. Like, well, it's hard to connect the dominoes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's hard to know which one's going to lead to what's going to lead to what and which one's going to be most predominant. People get a six hundred dollar stimulus check. Boom. OK, then like they go into Wall Street bets and like buy into that really fun way to bring down a hedge fund you get a lot of people who start investing and start putting these short sellers under pressure because they have money now after getting a stimulus check man if that's not an argument for universal basic income i don't know what is guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's gonna cause ridiculous bubbles in companies that should have been dead no it won't cause bubbles but you know you give people some money who otherwise wouldn't have it and they're going to learn some lessons about how to properly yeah. invest and maybe that's not a bad thing if they're getting a check every month they'll get better at it <laughs> I, I i i think you know a, a thing that i guess i'm sort of like amazed in hindsight is when we were talking about we were like always like vaccines one to three years and treatments yeah. play out like i think you know vaccines came a lot faster than we all expected mm-hmm. like you know i talked about my family visit like it was really cool to see my dad hug his aunt and like just be able to do that and i don't think in may of 2020 i would have envisioned that nine months later like people would be yeah. hugging each other like that and it sounds maybe silly but like i i, I just think we've come such a long way and it's yeah. been it's been horrible and probably worse maybe than i expected but also the recovery is faster if that's yeah if that makes sense the second wave was a lot worse than i thought it would be to be honest agree uh, agree and yeah i don't think I don't think anybody predicted how how bad it would get, really. And like even Doctor Doom Olsterholm over there, I think uh, I think it was a little worse than he probably thought. Like when it was getting started, but then like how steep it declined with that vaccine rollout, with you know the gatherings being over, with people making changes to their behavior because they're seeing that it's getting bad themselves. Combination of all these things, 
nice steep drop off as, as the vaccines are rolling out. In Massachusetts, it's still not great how much virus is out there, but it's, we're at like, I think, 20% of levels in December, so it's crazy. Yeah, I think 18 people died yesterday in Massachusetts. That's it? Which, That's pretty wow. low, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, it is amazing, though, how much the daily deaths get normalized. Remember in the beginning when it was just like a 57-year-old mother of two died today and, like, it's like there's, like, so few people in the beginning and then you just get rolls of it, like, 80 deaths today, 50 mm-hmm, deaths today, mm-hmm, 62 mm-hmm. deaths today. It's just, it's amazing how that gets, and sad, don't get me wrong, amazing mm-hmm. in a not-so-great way, but just how that becomes normalized with human psychology. I mean, there's the the great uh, Stalin quote, right? A single death is a tragedy, mm-hmm. a million deaths is a st- statistic. Yeah, beat right. me to it. That, that seems yep. pretty <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's just, that's just yet another example in human history of how these things play out. And it's sad, for better or for worse, but here we are. Yeah, I found myself, like, I was excited first when I was just saying to you guys 18 deaths, and then I realized part way in, wait a second, mm-hmm. no, that's still 18 people there. No, but that is a decline, so it's good that the number's going down. And, yeah, I just I just brought this up as an aside, just as a sort of a nod to that. It's, it's just, it's normal to think about it this way. Yeah. Albert, you, you mentioned your dad hugging. Um, last time you relayed that story to me, it had a little more to it. Do you... Like you, you said that there was. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. They initially, you know, waved and there was, yeah, yeah. Then suddenly had that realization, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was this really cool moment where like you know we all know that like awkward like COVID wave goodbye where it's like uh, and then I could just see yeah exactly and then I could just <laughs> see my dad suddenly like thinking. And then he just went for it and just like went in for the hug and I could tell yeah. like, he was thinking I'm vaccinated, she's vaccinated. I'm wearing a mask, like, it's, it's gotta be okay. And, and I think that's like, really, really cool. And I think it's something where, as more people have those moments, I think there's some humanity that's going to be brought back. Because, you know, Bob, you're right, and Matt, you're right, like, it's very easy when we're just staying at home, not having much interaction, you read these statistics, it, it's sort of, you mm-hmm. become numb, right? And you miss that, yeah. that human touch. And I, and maybe that's gonna, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm definitely naive on this, but like may, maybe something comes out of this and we all have a little bit of different perspective than, than we did coming into this. I'm certainly going to sh- uh, cherish handshakes. I never, I never looked at a handshake as like yeah. something that's special. And now I'm realizing. And to be honest, like we could probably shake hands. Like the virus doesn't really spread that well on surfaces. Just make sure that person's hand you're shaking doesn't have a snot in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's always possible in regular times, too. I guess that's true. And we talked about some of the psychology of this stuff, right, Bob? But, like, I'll bet mm-hmm. that packed movie theaters without masks will come back more into vogue before people start constantly shaking hands, right? It'll be, like, almost like a, yeah. a joke thing where you're, like, a little hesitant or whatever. But then, yeah, sure, I'll breathe in your face. No problem. Shake your hand. Oh, I don't know. Just because just there's that sort of <laughs> we were all so conditioned early on. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you guys, listeners, for being a part of this new experiment where we have a slightly different structure to the show where we just sort of banter back and forth. I hope you liked it. I felt like it went pretty well. Yeah, that was so, a lot of fun. Uh, I think so. If you liked it, make sure to subscribe if you can. Give us five stars or more. Tell your friends and family. Uh, tweet us. 
Um, where what is it? Bam. I don't have it up. I don't have it up. Yeah, uh, at BAM Podcast 1776, or email us at BAMPoliticalTalk at gmail.com. We've got a couple listener questions um, sitting ready to go, um, but we could always use more. Uh, so thank you guys so much for watching. Listening. <laughs> let's, let's, record, let's record this That's and, going in. and put it up. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> Definitely leave it in. I don't know. Do we just say bye? Yeah. Later, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for coming. Peace. Later. Who gets the last word?